Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? And we're fucking back. Dude, I think this is back-to-back weeks. Tom McCaffrey is the, the guest on my pod. So, but or, our but pod then or Danny whatever. is the guest on my pod. Yeah. Whichever way you're, you're, whichever way you're listening to this right now. Are we slowly to- falling in love? Are we slowly what? Falling in love? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, all right. So I'm going to wrap this up. And is that why you're dating with you again? What? Yeah. Is that why you're dating a girl with my name? You're just trying to get as close as possible. <laughs> I guess that's true. That is kind of creepy. Yeah, dude. Back off. It wasn't my choice. You should talk to her space. parents. <laughs> She's changing her name. <laughs> Good. To uh, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> to Tommy someone I Tommy. love. Yeah. <clears throat> um, speaking of uh, self love, uh, I've been following this Kanye West situation a little bit. Um, I don't know how fam- familiar you are with what's going on with um, uh, Kim Kardashian, and and then he's mad at Pete Davidson or something. He wants to kill Pete Davidson. Yeah. What What do you think that would feel like? What, what How would you feel if like? Kanye West in like three years just wanted to kill you, was threatening you. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be a weird, surreal moment as a comedian. You know what I mean? You're just like, wow, what's going on in my career? Like, <laughs> why does a musician want to kill me? No, but it's like that's when you know you've made it. When Kanye West is tweeting that he wants to kill you, it's like, oh shit, I must yeah. really be <clears throat> that's, so, that's a milestone. Wouldn't that make you nervous? I, I feel like because I've been reading articles about it and that, you know, and they're like, oh, Pete Davidson doesn't really seem to care, you know. And, I mean, but I don't. But I mean, I, I feel like I'd be really freaked out by that. <laughs> but I guess he he lives in a much different world than I do. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if if something like that was going to happen, like you would think that somebody would have killed like Trump by now. He had, think of how many people he attacked over the course of his presidency, and he's fine. I mean, I guess you know, non presidents don't have the Secret Service to protect them. But how many times has a vendetta actually carried out on? A celebrity. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, like, I don't, I don't think he. There really is a threat that he's going to like kill him. But he, I mean, it. It must be weird that this huge celebrity is. Um, first of all, like, if Kanye West just knew who I was, that would be like insanely surreal to me. And then the fact that he wanted to like beat me up and like <laughs> put, put you in a song me. lyric. Right, putting me in song lyrics, he was going to beat me up. Like again, that's another level. Where you, when you're in a song lyric of a, like the biggest rapper in the world, yeah, that's kind of like making your profile even larger. It's like accomplishing the exact opposite of what he's intending. Well, that's the thing is like I feel like um, th- that's the thing about you know Pete Davidson. Like you know, I, I know people talk about the whole time like you know all these women. He, you know, he gets all these women, but the thing about him is like he always gets in these like really weird relate these relationships that always seem like um peppered with a lot of drama do you know what i mean like there's yeah. no normal relationships that feels like that so and at this point like how would he ever even go back to just a norm how could he date like like a normal girl at this point that would just be kind of like boring right <laughs> i mean i feel not on a celebrity <laughs> level but i feel like that's kind of like my dating life it's like a, a series of dramas that don't end well <laughs> yeah i guess that's true yeah i mean it's completely different obviously but are any rappers trying threatening you to kick your ass? I, I just heard the new Jay Z <laughs> album. I think they see me as no threat. What? Yeah, yeah. The fact that like a huge one of the biggest rappers in the world, you're a threat to them. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, Eminem, Eminem thinks I'm gonna like step on his, take his girl. I uh, yeah. 
But also just kind of, it's really funny to watch it too, because sometimes we talk about like women and dealing with women and it just, it just shows Kanye West has like no game when it comes to women. You know what I mean? He's, he's handling it so badly. He's making it's it so, bad. so, but do you know what I mean? Like looking from the outside, you're like, dude, what are you doing? Just fucking stop. Like, just leave her alone. You, she, she's, you're pushing her way more and more by doing these. And you're just pushing them together because now they're like a team against him. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like game 101. I feel like, you know, you learn that early on. But I guess he never. That's the thing about being famous. It's like you don't have to learn how to be good with women because you just your whole thing is being famous. So. Yeah. And then over the course of time, your weaknesses rise to the surface when you have to actually deal with real problems, you know? Yeah. Like know, he's, he's, he's like. just coming out very, very desperate. And um, <clears throat> he keeps writing songs. Like he sent like a truckload of roses. What, the, it's got, it's going to be hard. Yeah. That's a bad move. No and woman Eddie's. is going to respond to that. Especially a woman who's kind of like, off. who's broken up with you because you're kind of weird and you're kind of clingy and stocky. And, um, yeah, I just I get the feeling with Kim Kardashian, you kind of have to like have better game, you know. I think she's you gotta have some confidence, you know. Just like he has, he has, yeah, he has confidence, but he's yeah, he's just playing it all wrong. He's just coming off like, and now she's like, now there's every every story I see. This the thing that's weird about it is it's like hurting his legacy a lot, you know, because um, he has such a huge great legacy, and now it's he's kind of coming off as just the crazy guy. What do you, do you think he really? What what do you think is happening? You think he's just kind of lost his mind in the last like four years? He probably. I mean, it, it sounds to me like vanity too, right? Like he's obviously the biggest rapper in the world, or arguably. And he's a huge celebrity. He's a huge star. You know, she's famous. He's famous. And then it looks like he got, you know, like he's the loser in this scenario. So it's probably yeah. really tweaking his ego and he has to respond. He's responding in like a typical male machismo, overly right. aggressive manner, which isn't attractive to her nor attractive to the general public. And it's just yeah. not good. It's not a good look. And he, you know, clearly doesn't he can't handle like his the the public his public life is such a huge part of him and woven into who he is the fabric of who he is so much it's hard to separate it because like he i don't look at him as one of those people that's like i don't care what anyone thinks i do it like he really does care what people think of him because he he can't just like it's not enough for him to like contact her in private. It's like, he has to put it all over the internet. That's like gotta be a weird, that's when like social media becomes a really dangerous thing. When you kind of lose your shit and you just have this thing like at your disposal, you know, and especially if you're famous, you can just kind of, if you lose your shit one night, you can just kind of put it. I don't know. That's kind of scary to me. Cause if you have a bad night, right? Like, you get drunk or something, you just put something on social media that just looks really bad. Yeah, and somebody screenshots it. And now it's out there forever. Yeah, that's the thing too. If if you're big, it's like someone always screenshots it. If it, it can be up for like one minute, and someone has a screenshot of it, so you're never gonna. But I don't know if you've been. Fine. I mean, I was a big fan of his, but you know, I feel like his music is it's just a, his his music has gotten bad. I think. I think he's like. You know, you see them with artists, they get, they lose touch or something. And then they're like, not, they can never get it back. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're always trying to grasp for the greatness that they once held or had. Yeah. Like they have one, they have like some, he had like all these great albums. And then I feel like since 2010, they've all slowly gotten worse and worse. And he keeps kind of like, 
And then he came. There's a new album coming out, Donda Two. Did you hear about this? Oh no, I didn't hear about that. It was supposed to dry. It was supposed to come out last night, but it didn't come out or something, which is another like red flag. I don't know what the fuck's going. And um, he's not releasing it on anything. He's just releasing it on his own new thing, and it's just for two hundred dollars. Like that's just weird too. Two hundred (laughs) dollars. Fuck that. (laughs) I paid for Spotify Premium. Put it on there, and then we'll talk. He's not putting on any of that shit, and um, which is like he did that with one of his albums years ago, and that's when that's when he lost me. He he had this one album, and he was like, "I'm only releasing it on title or something," and I was like, "Yeah, well, I'm I'm not gonna get that." So, who's that guy that did that? Went to uh, prison. He he bought this pharmaceutical company, and they had one drug, and he jacked the price up by like three thousand percent. And then he bought the only copy of a Wu Tang Clan album and won't release it. <laughs> just to be yeah, I can't remember his name, but I remember I, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to like you know get too personal, but I know somebody that knows him and like he's insane. He's like yeah, he's a nightmare, right? Yeah, it's just he, yeah. He um, I God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. It was like a really is he in jail? Mar- Martin Marvin something? Yeah, Screlly? Screlly? Yeah, yeah. I think he is still in in prison, but he's like. Uh, he'll uh, he's like one of those people yeah, that will he bought never like some didn't he ho- buy some like AIDS medication or something or yeah. something like that and it was he'll, charging he'll like a thousand dollars what yeah exactly yeah charge like a thousand dollars he's a one of those pill. people that will never like see the error of their ways and will just like I don't see him like making a public apology and you know becoming like a public speaker like Tony Robbins and being like hey I you know I was no, terrible once and now him. I'm good I don't think he'll ever back down from this like no, he's not going to find prick. himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, th- some people just seem like they're too far gone. I and um, <clears throat> I think what what which made me more intrigued about this Kanye West thing is uh, this new series is out on Netflix. It just came out on Friday, and it's like a three part series. And um, did you see it? I'm like 20 minutes into the first episode. It's called Genius. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of cool. That Cookie guy is producer. Like, tape clips from back in the day when he was like really starting yeah out. well that's what's cool is watching him from before he's he was famous when he's trying to get like all this footage of where he's a producer but he's not a rapper well he's he's not respected or known as a rapper yet and no one's really taking him seriously and um but it's amazing because he has that confidence already and that kind of swagger like he's and he it's you already see like the beginnings of it where he's like i'm a genius i can't don't, no one like understands everyone's gonna see what a genius i am and um it all came to fruition, but it's weird to watch it kind of like also take him down, you know, now it's kind of a fascinating, it, I don't know, ah. but you know what I mean? It's like you're watching kind of, it was the same thing with like Tupac. Remember when Tupac had his big like meltdown when everything kind of like went to shit in Tupac's life, like he kind of fell apart in front of the world's eyes and then he got killed. It was like watching this, like this movie in real time happen, like this guy losing his mind and like self-destructing so that's kind of what's with with kanye west and where we are i feel like with pop culture and entertainment is like that's part of the show now you know what i mean like that used to be behind the scenes like oh yeah they're really like fucked up but now we get to see them losing their shit and that's almost kind of how you keep your relevance you know like oh no but yeah it's just bad you know what i mean because in a way everyone like it's like a train wreck. It's like the car wreck. Everyone's like stopping to to watch the car wreck, and you know, and it's sad to see it kind of. 
I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know if sad. I mean, it's sad, but I think also it's kind of entertaining. Right. Do you think Kanye has that awareness that this could be entertaining and keep him in the public eye? Or do you think he's just like responding like reflexively to what's happening in the moment? I, that's the thing about him. He seems so impulsive and like I he, he almost, you know, on, you, you said you watched a little bit watching the, the documentary. It's like he almost seems like Rain Man, like. You know what I mean? Like he seems almost like he like he is a genius, but he's like weird, like almost like a like he's on the spectrum somehow, like like he's really smart and creative. But like because of that, he's kind of not great at like navigating. Like, I don't think he sees things the way from a perspective of other people. That's what makes him such a genius. But because of that, he doesn't get like how he you know, what I mean, like I think he just behaves in a certain way that might not be the healthiest way. And, you know, he feeds into kind of like that's what people want, you know, like he's always, like he, he'll be like attacking paparazzi and yelling at people in the interviews and like that's what they want because they get some ratings. But and, you know, the whole Trump thing, I mean, they totally just manipulated him to help th themselves, you know, take de uh, votes away from the Democrats. You know what I mean? And I feel like he kind of played right into that. And that's kind of because they kind of they they played to his ego. They knew what would get him on their side. You know what I mean? Like, cause they were just like, Oh yeah, you're so great. You're so great. And I think he's one of, he's, he's very like Trump like in a way, you know what I mean? Personality wise. Yeah. And he likes Trump. So you can see that affinity in, in action, you know? Yeah. That's probably why he like responded so well to Trump. Cause they're really similar. Like they're both so driven by like what people think of them and their image. So it's like, and I think Trump like played into his ego. And so he, you know, because he's like Trump, he's like, oh man, this guy's great. I love him. He loves me. And then if anyone says anything bad about Trump, who's so close to, he's like, you know, you don't, you don't get it, man. Like I get this guy, you don't get him. But on the, I think he like, when you get that, you know, he's so far deep. I don't think he has a perspective of anything that like, he's not seeing it how we're seeing it, you know? Yeah. I was thinking of like, like the image of like a mountain range when you've got these like, you know, two or three peaks that are like Mount Kilimanjaro. That's like Kanye's like talent of creative output. But then there's the so many other parts of the range that are lower than they should be because so much of his energy and brain power is going towards the creative genius. And then not enough is going to like social self-awareness and social skills. You know, I mean, what the fuck do I yeah, know? Like, it seems that way. It, it kind of makes sense because I feel like a lot of great artists are kind of lacking in their um social dynamics or you know they probably don't know how to how to manage things like that and, you know someone who's like a great artist like is going to be moody and you know temperamental and volatile and he just kind of um i i don't know i mean he he clearly is that's what i meant like but he almost seems like on the spectrum autistic like like a genius level like that but also kind of like weird like not doesn't seem like a normal person and like socially like he doesn't know how to interact with people yeah it's all it's also like it's almost like do you what do you want in your life like do you want to be like <clears throat> as the general you rhetorical do you want to be like someone who has this peak of genius and fame and fortune but then you're lacking on some of the other like basic life skills is that better than you know people like you and i that aren't like giant celebrities but i think we have a decent sense of social skills and we don't like alienate the people around us and certainly not in a public sphere yeah you know like pick your poison um yeah i don't know i mean like i don't i don't know that my social skills are like so much better than his even 
Yeah, you're a disaster. I mean, no, they are better, but I don't think they're like like eons above him. I mean, I I think I struggle with that a little bit. With what? I think a lot of comedians do. Struggle with what? I think a lot of comedians are uh, socially awkward people. You know what I mean? Like Mm. they'll be like have a hard time. I think that's why they're kind of doing it because it's a way of them talking and getting their thoughts out there without actually having to interact with people. Right. Not not all of them, but I think a lot of them. And I and I mean, it it also makes sense that um, yeah, I I don't know because as as I've gone on, my style has kind of turned into a thing of almost like um, <clears throat> if a crowd is like really into me, I almost don't trust them. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 like I'll be like. Uh, like really, you really like me. All right, relax. Like it's, I mean, I'm better about it now, but I think there was a little like, um, resentment almost. If you get embraced and you, your reaction, your natural tendency is to push away, push away the embrace. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, um, I feel like a lot of comedians said, like Louis CK said it once in an interview. I think, and actually Ari Shafir once said it to me that, and I think it's a typical comedian thing. You, You can be killing and then there'll be like one person in the room that you can see not laughing. And all you can think of is that person. Like, you'll just be like, Oh, that person doesn't like it. Like I suck. Like that person knows something that no one else in the room does. (laughs) Everyone else is getting it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You tend to do that. I try to like, think of the, I try to listen to my mind for like the, the general room response. Like there's usually like pockets of laughter or pockets of silence, you know, but I try to focus on the overall sound. But I mean, sometimes I'll notice somebody if like, you know, somebody has their arms crossed and they're kind of glaring. But besides that, I, I try. It always to seems like there's someone like that in the audience somewhere. There's always just someone who's not liking it and making it clear that they don't like it. Um, I don't know. I try not to. I like it when I can't really see them, but. Um, <clears throat> like in a theater? I don't know, like a club that has a lot of lights or something, but usually you can see them and it's, it's sort of distracting to me. I don't, I feel, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of comedians have that though. There's something like, I feel like if you're getting up there and doing this, you know, you're clearly doing it because you, you were, you didn't get something growing up and now you're trying to make up for it. And so it would make sense. And I don't think this is true of every comedian, but probably the better ones um, that, you know, part of you is like, if if someone doesn't like it, then you're kind of like, I have to get them to like it or else, you know what I mean? You're like trying to please your parents or some authority figure from your childhood or earlier years. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Mm. yeah. If like your parents had like maybe shown you a little more attention, maybe you would be not in a coffee shop. (laughs) Trying to get people's (laughs) attention into a microphone. Yeah, which I don't know if you ever thought because I mean I remember when I first started comedy, some some older guy said that like, oh, you know, if you're doing stand up, by something, there's a reason behind it, like something happened. And I was like, a couple of years in, I was like, no, that guy's what was he talking about? I just like doing it, but like, no, that's not true because a lot of times I didn't like doing it. I mean, it's hard, like it's it went bad a lot, so it's kind of like if you really like doing something and it was awful, you'd probably just stop doing it if there wasn't something. Like you felt like you had to prove. Right. I can see that. But then I can also see the, what about people that <laughs> wanted to do stand up, 
but never got the courage to do it and didn't want to put out the effort to do it, didn't have the discipline, like, are they superior to the people that actually did it because they didn't do it? Or do they, they still have the same issues that I guess we have in this, under this argument. But I feel like those people that you just described who like maybe wanted to do it and it's not just stand up; It's a lot of different things wanted to do something, but just didn't do it because they were too afraid. I think those are all the people you see walking down the street, really talking really loudly. <laughs> That's their stand up. No, no, but you know, you know, like the people, or like at a stand, you know, like you walk down the street. It's a lot of people in the world, and like, like I was on the bus the other day, and there were like four people, and they they were doing this thing that I hate, where like they were laughing so hard at whatever they were talking about, and like too hard. Like I was like, it was like, dude, I guarantee you, nothing they're saying is this funny. So it's 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 clearly like they're laughing really loud to like be like the center of the fucking I was on the bus to be the center of the bus and be and so that everyone's like wow they're really having a great time and it's like like why do you have to laugh so loudly like it's like can't you just enjoy it like why do you have to ruin my night too you know what I mean like they're laughing so loud that it's ruining my uh experience on the bus but I feel like that's someone who who didn't go and do something they wanted to do so now what they're doing is in the world they're trying to get everyone to look at them you know what I mean? I feel like, and I think that's true. I think it's coming out like a weird, or when you see like a loud a- asshole guy at a bar or something. Um, it's an unhealthy means of, of gathering attention to feel validated. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you met someone and you tell them you're standing? They're like, I'm, I, I'm funny. Everyone tells me I'm funny. I should yeah. do that. Yeah. And you're like, great. Go do, like I'm, I went to, I, I've met so many women and they'd be like, well, what do you mean? I like, I should do it. People say I'm funny. And I'm like, great, go do it. I mean, what the fuck? And they're like, you don't even seem that good. And I'm like, okay, well, so what I'm bad at it because so like, all right, well, at least I'm at least trying. Why don't you try? Bitch. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, wh- how old were those four people on the bus? They were young. They were like in their twenties, but it, it was just, you know, I've seen it a lot. It's just, there's a difference between just like having a good time and doing it where it's like, like they knew we all hated it. You know what I mean? It's like a, <laughs> and, you a know, you, means of power like, exertion. What? Yeah. Like, um, you, and you see it, if you walk down the street in New York city on the weekend, you just see it all the time. Like you'll see it every three blocks. There'll be a group of people and like some girl will be dying, laughing really loud, making a big spec. You, that's just a bad peeve of mine. Like, making a spectacle while you're laughing like and like laughing so hard where you're like dude what did any of you say that was funny like i guarantee you not and and i guarantee you those kind of people that lap walked on the street laughing like as louder than i've ever heard anyone laugh if they came to see me do stand-up they would be the ones in the front row with their arms crossed (laughs) because now they're not getting the attention yeah. And in, I think they'd be like, I don't like what this isn't funny. Yeah, and I think that the, a lot of times when, you, when you'll be killing and there's a few people not laughing in the crowd, it's the, those are the people that are they're resent. They're resentful of you now because they're like, well, he's not so great. Like, why is he doing that? And you're like, well, so you're just going to stare at me. Um, yeah. Somebody, so, some friend of mine was like, you know, going to see stand up is not appealing for everybody because who wants to watch somebody else stand up there and be awesome <laughs> like if you're in a group of four friends and you could have been having a nice combo why you to listen to this dude or this lady be awesome up on the stage you know it's kind yeah, of like a competition true. to your own sense of uh 
I don't know, your own authoritative presence in the room, right? Yeah. And you know, what's funny is like standup is, you know, and it has like, it helps you meet women and stuff, you know, kind of is a good way in to meet women. Cause well that, you know, that's the thing. They're always like, I want a funny guy. I want a funny guy. And like, I've dated like so many women who like where it didn't last long. And like, like early on they would come see me do stand up. This happened like four times in a row and I would like kill and then like they would blow me off. And I was like, so I don't understand. So like <laughs> you want a funny guy, but like you just were you just saw the funny like I guarantee you, you're not meeting anyone funnier than this on on Hinge. Um, but I do think I think it's partly um they want a funny guy, but they don't want someone who's so funny that it's like threatening to that. You know what I mean? They want someone who's kind of like, who, who is like a, like easy, funny. Do you know what I mean? Not like, like they don't want someone who's really funny. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know how that. to describe this without it sounding like I'm safe, but like, <laughs> like I'm, I can be really funny. So like, and I, they've saw me in that situation where like a lot, a crowd of people thought I was really funny. That shouldn't drive you away from me if you're into funny people. So, um, well, wait, but counterpoint would be that you're using your performance as the only lens by which they are evaluating you. Maybe they're on the second date. They, there are other things about you that they didn't like. <laughs> Impossible. Well, Impossible. no, no. I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But it's like it'll be like a, it'll be someone who like I've been dating. I've gone out a few times and it's going well with them. And then they'll be like, they'll, and usually they'll be like, I want to see you do a show. And I'm like, all right. And then they'll come and they'll kill. And they're like, yeah. And then like they're they're into it. But then they kind of like, well, soon after that, they'll kind of blow me off. And I'm like, OK, so that I guess you're right you're right but i guess it it's kind of a thing where it can go both ways like i think you can be yeah really funny and also kind of like it can be alienating a little bit like and i don't i mean i'm sure there's people women i've dated who's like just didn't think i was funny but um and the novelty can probably wear off too right like i mean i guess if it's only the second time i saw you before perform it's still pretty novel but i don't know um i feel like there's also huh I felt like one of them was someone who was like, you know, I'm funny too. And then it was like, oh, wait, I'm not funny next to this. So I think it was also kind of like, you know, oh, this is going to be all about him. You know what I mean? I, I think some people don't like being in a real, like women a lot of times want to be the center of the relationship. They don't want it to be like, oh, you're the funny one and the charismatic one in this relationship. And I just stand here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which I'm not saying that's what you automatically would be, but maybe they were like, you know, maybe they saw you as a, I don't know, maybe, you know, like. Or maybe the lifestyle too. Cause I feel like a lot of times, well, I mean, I guess I've, this is from a skewed perspective of a guy, but I, I've seen a lot of times where a, a guy will start to date a girl. I've done this. And then she comes to the shows the first few weeks and she's there all the time and it's really fun. And then she stops coming because it's like, you know, she's going to spend her Monday through Thursday or whatever in the back of her room and it's dark, not having a conversation like that kind of sucks if you're not the one that's waiting to perform. So like, no, you're right. You're right. That's, that's definitely a thing. Maybe, maybe a lifestyle too. You know, also these are women that I was dating, meeting on dating apps who were like in their late thirties. So clearly they weren't like probably, you know, 
you know, they, I don't know, like that they, they probably went through a lot of, I think that was the thing with dating apps too, for a time, like it, it kind of, um, it kind of encouraged like dating a lot of different people at once. And I think people get kind of lost a lot because, you know, New York, there's so many people. And if you're like a, a good looking chick, you're going to have a lot of dudes hitting you up. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was funny because it was like, it's usually the opposite, you know, like, well, cause it's always like, you know, sense of humor. Oh God, sense of humor. But it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> this is as funny as it gets. So I don't know what you think you're getting get looking. What I don't think you're going to meet Richard Pryor on fucking Tinder. <laughs> Maybe it's cause you say things like this is as funny as it gets, <laughs> but don't they want like sense of humor and confidence? hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I can't speak for all women, but I would say that's generally a pretty appealing track or trait. Yeah. Traits, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I just feel like there's so, there's so many, it's like a kaleidoscope of variables when it comes to like attraction and dating and like the other person's personal history and desires for what they want. And I don't know, like maybe something you said in your set triggered a memory of a previous boyfriend and they didn't like that person and they, Oh, maybe he'll be the same way. There's like, who knows? Yeah, yeah, There's like yeah, totally. a lot of possible variables. I mean, you could be 100, 100% right, but I was just trying to think of like, okay, that's, is, can it be just this one answer to the, well, know? I think, what it, what, I think the reason that it seemed that way, cause it was like, it would be going a certain, it would be going one way. And then after that, when they would see me do that, it would like it, I could like there was a, pal- a palpable change in their like attitude and um uh it's one thing if like you would bring someone to the show and they bombed you know what I mean like you know if you bomb you're like oh okay yeah but um it's like I, I don't know whatever I'm this is you know maybe I was annoying maybe it's just like no, I mean you could very well be. Maybe be I wasn't right. good in bed. Or I just, something. I just doubt that that's true one hundred percent of the time. It's probably like no. You're right. You're right. But in my world, it is. <laughs> I have that. I have that attitude. How else like, could, how could like anyone me? not want to be around this? <laughs> I'm as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, this is as funny as it gets. <laughs> and you know what's so funny is like I'm like eighty percent. I'm like thirty uh, percent kidding about that. Right. Like this is as funny as it gets. Yeah, you're like seventy percent. Like, no, it's true. I mean, well, because tell, I am really funny. I am funny off stage too. I think a lot of comedians can be really yeah. funny on stage and not be funny off stage. But I think I'm I am really funny off stage. Do you think so. it's possible for a comic to be very funny on stage and not funny at all off stage? Yeah, I think it's kind of probably more. It happens more often. Really? Yeah, I think it's like. Um, I think there are a lot of really good comedians that aren't even inherently that funny, but they're like kind of they're they're good at like the craft of it. Like they've hacked comedy in a way and they're good performers. So um, I think that happens a lot. I think actually it, it sometimes it might even be detrimental to be really funny offstage as well, because what's going on? Are you standing up? Are you- yeah, I, I get tired of sitting. <laughs> it stresses me out. Um, if I sit too long. It's weird. I just now I feel like I'm in trouble. This is very like aggressive. <laughs> I'm looking down upon you. <laughs> yeah. Stop being so um, vain about your act. No, no, I'm not. And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm getting. I know this comes off like because I am really insecure too. But um, <laughs> I I think like 
and when it comes to comedy and like funny, like I think I know what's funny, and I think I know what's funny about me. It took me yeah. a long time to figure it out. So it's like, but one hundred percent. What was I saying? But oh yeah, like um, because like for me personally, I don't know what your experience, but like you know, I was like I grew up being like funny. Like I was funny like young. I knew I was really funny, and so when I started to do stand up or pursue that, it seemed like. I always got in trouble for being funny young. It was like, I almost, it wasn't like it helped me with like friends and stuff and like, you know, get around, you know, have, have a lot of friends and stuff. But um, I feel like I always got in trouble for it in school and like for my parents. So it wasn't something that was like nurtured and like, Oh, you're so great. It was almost like something like, Hey, stop doing that. You know what I mean? You got to get serious. And so when I started doing standup, it almost felt like, not doing something you know like that i was doing something wrong and it didn't seem like a thing that you would like do as a job it felt like something you did in the back of the class to get in trouble so yeah i think a lot of people approach it as like i'm going to do this as a career and this is what you have to do and i didn't i always looked at it as like well this is like dumb what i'm doing this isn't even like a real thing how would you even turn this into like getting like people paying you you know what i mean okay and then when i acting out Comedy is acting out in some, some Yeah, respects. it's like acting out. And it's not a real thing. It's not what people, what adults do. It's like not a job. It's like you don't, I wasn't trained to be like, you go, I like, I didn't grow up around showbiz at all, really. I, it was very like, like my family or any of that. It was just like, yeah, great. You're funny. Great. Stop doing that and getting in trouble. Just go now, go to do this and get a job and, sh- and knock shut it up. off. Yeah. Yeah. So, but a lot of people were like, I'm going to do this. And I, and, and so those are the ones who usually weren't that funny off stage. They looked at it more like, um, di- as a discipline. I looked at it like, um, I don't know, like playing. It was like going out to the playground, like being like, Hey, I'm like, you know, it would be like the equivalent of like, Oh, like, what do you want to do? F- like for your job as a, an adult? Like, Oh, I want to go like pl- on the swings. <laughs> <laughs> comedy is like playing on the swings it's the no, adult version of playing on the swings but yeah i mean it's like oh monkey bars yeah that's not pursuing right now the monkey yeah. bars slip and slide the, yeah that's what i'm trying to do for my job like oh that's not a job that's kind of a whatever cute way to i'm think really about good it. at it what yeah that's kind of a nice way to think about it but then like I never approached it probably in the right way. You know what I mean? Of like, cause I just was going out to like going to shows was like our playground. Like, cause you know, like it, when you're an adult, like you don't really have playgrounds. Like what are the adult playgrounds? Like bars. Yeah. Like Dave and Buster's. But isn't like a comedy show, like more fun than like going to like, that is to, to me, that's the equivalent of like trying to stay young and like, do something fun you know what i mean yeah because like i remember when i started doing it i met all these people and we were all in our 20s and we were all just like what you know like oh yeah i guess we're gonna do this what is this this is like kind of stupid but it was like a way to stay youthful or something i don't know like to not grow up in a way you know because when i was a kid we were all funny like all my friends and i were funny but they all stopped being funny as adults (laughs) yeah well i mean you know the discipline and rigor and habit of it is what starts to make it pull away from you know you got you out to recess and play for 30 minutes and have play an unstructured game that's different than okay every day at recess we're going to practice getting better at 
hopscotch and have drills. You have to have a tight five and then competing with each other. Yeah, the discipline is what pulls it away. No, you're right. And that's the other thing about comedy, too, is when you really get into the thick of it, it, it's not really like it's competitive and like it's hard and there's a lot of shit. It's not fun most of the time, you know, but part of it has to be fun or else you would stop doing it. You know what I mean? There's like something there that, um, or like if you're a writer on a, on a TV sitcom or like you work at SNL and you have to stay there all night on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or whatever, like there's comedy jobs that are real fucking jobs with long hours or a movie, like shooting a movie where it's like, 12 hour days, six, seven days a week. The yeah. play is at the core of what you're doing, but the day to day is certainly disciplined and in line with work. Yeah, no, right? it's very, yeah, th- there's a lot of work. Th- th- there's a lot of, uh, I'm making it sound like it's just all play and stuff, but like, I guess that's the whole point. Part of it is like, you have to like have some aspect of play in it still and enjoyment yeah. in it. It can't just be completely just like a grind and something that you're just kind of like, drudging through and like all right i gotta do it. like there is that aspect of it you have to be it that's what's so hard about it when you think about it is like it, it you have to be really like relaxed and having fun in a really unrelaxed tense environment yeah. and on command like okay go up there where it's really uncomfortable and it's hard and, and act like you're 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 fine and you're not nervous and you just can be completely relaxed like okay cool while they stare at you and yell at you. <laughs> yeah, good luck um, summoning that core of joy when that's when it's a tough room, right? Right, right. It's like, okay, go play on the monkey bars in front of these people staring at you. Mm, right. And then <laughs> and then also like traips around town to two or three shows a night and schmooze and you know, work on your act in the green room and wait yeah. to go up and get bumped and like there's a million, you know, and then become the friends by yourself with the right- at midnight. What? Yeah, become friends with the right person and get this person to like you and schmooze this person and like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, be, the being funny part of it is like such a small part of it. So that's what I, I think. That's what I meant. Like, it's like there's a lot of people who aren't that funny who are good on stage because they're they're more you know the whole business and and discipline aspect of it is 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 a uh, a much bigger part of it, and that's usually what you have to do to get to a certain place with it. But that's, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like early on, I was like, well, what is like, what we're doing is ridiculous. So like, um, you can, you can get better through discipline and effort, but I still think that if you don't have that core sense of funny, then you're not going to be that great. Even if you schmooze your way to the top, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. Even though I think you can be not very funny and figure out and hack comedy in a way. I think you can, if you're not even that good, if you're around comedy and study it enough, I think you can figure out how to write jokes. Yeah, but will they be good? Will they I be mean, maybe. Funny? I think, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I think there's a lot of people who aren't that funny who are, like, really successful. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe not re- really successful. That's what makes but, it tough. What? But I've seen it a lot where, like, I'll see someone and they're really bad, and then, like, I'll see them a few years later and they're, like, way better. And you're like, yeah. oh, how did that? Fu- okay. Like, I'm like, all right, did they get funny or did they just kind of figure it out a little bit? But you're right. If you're, if you're bad, I've seen people do copy who, like, I'm just like, they're never going to be good ever. Yeah. And some of those people stick with it and they're disciplined uh, to their credit. They're disciplined and they're rigorous and they continue to build relationships and they, like, 
run shows, but at their core, it's just still not that great. But I mean, you know, God love them because they probably have a better, you know, the more I, I, I'm, they're probably more willing to have the discipline, not the discipline. I think I'm disciplined, but they're more willing to like put in the work day in and day out to get yeah. more opportunities than yeah, someone who has like a day job like me. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> But so, I mean, yeah, that's there's something to be said for having around. that rigor and that discipline over time. But some of the, those people are still not funny, even after all that time. Yet they've developed a you know a circuit of shows that they do because of their discipline and rigor. Yeah, and they I, I've definitely perform. I've definitely seen it where someone is not that great, and then they can. I think you can be not that great and develop an act that is is passable. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? Like you won't be great. But you can like figure out if if you really work hard at it. Totally. You can like and again, like you won't be great, but you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy. Cause there's and I think that's what a majority of like the comedians out there are. There's a lot of like you like forgettable comedians where you're just like, Oh yeah, that guy, yeah, he, he said things and they sounded like jokes and then he left and that was nothing. Uh but I think that's where the whole thing of like someone someone have a really strong voice like stands out because they're like oh well what are they like what who's this guy like i this guy seems different than everyone else like even the the jokes are like uh, there's something different about because it's like you know that's the whole thing like having your unique view on it but but there's i think like i it's what we're talking about i think a majority of the comedians are people who like kind of hacked comedy and like figured out like how to write like a misdirection joke you know, for 30 minutes and they can do that on the road. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like they won't be like, great. What are you saying? The majority of comics are not funny, but they put in the work to get there to get to that point where they can do that. I think that's why I think, you know, how how it's always like, there's so many comedians now. Oh my God. There's so, I think that there are a lot of comedians, but I think like majority of them are like that very like forgettable. Like they've, they've kind of watched comedy figured it out what you need to do um and i don't even know what, what i don't even know what stand-up is anymore because there's so many outlets now i mean i i don't i feel like a lot of people who want to do stand-up or whatever like are just on like tiktok and stuff so like they're probably not even going out to comedy clubs or trying to do it i don't i don't know it feels like stand-up's in a weird like place right now like trying to figure out what what it let what live stand-up even is i mean i know what it is but is it like it's weird to me that they still have the same like template of like you know doing like a headliner set you know like you have to do 45 minutes and it's like why i mean they everyone's attention's been so short now like you're going to keep it the same way it's been the entire time like who wants to go what like i don't want to watch you know if i watch comedy i watch like five minutes maybe and i turn it off but and i think most people are like that i don't think i'm like i'm going to i'm going to watch an hour and a half comedy show yeah you know I, mean? I don't know i might be wrong no that's definitely the case i mean plus there's just like multiple outlets to get attention and fame and money right like the tiktok and podcasts are probably the two biggest ones outside yeah. of stand-up besides tv and movies but you know um is there anything? Uh, is there anything else you want to? Talk, is, uh, did we talk about the Oscars last time or no? Uh, no, you mean the nominations? No. Yeah. Did we? Have no, you, do you follow so. that at all? I yeah yeah I I did. I'm glad that the Power of the Dog got a lot of nominations. I thought that was a great movie. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't get through that. That was really boring. Really? Too slow? Yeah. Mr. TikTok? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my attention span. I mean, if if a movie's good, I'll watch it It's if it's slow. But I thought it was really boring. I just, it, nothing was going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I do know what you mean. It definitely had a, a, a methodical, a plotting pace. But I just, I'm such a big fan of Kirsten Dunst that like anything she chooses to do, I'm like, this is going to be good. So I just kind of like let go of that and just got into it. Um, what, what have you seen anything else recently? You said, um, what have I seen? Did, I, dude, I've just been. I'm on season two of Game of Thrones now. I'm like on episode four on season two. Oh, I'm, like, okay. I'm like getting into it now. Ow. I'm sitting back down. Um, okay, that's relevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 speaking of the Oscars, have you season. seen uh, t- uh, Titanic? <laughs> What what are the do you remember the pictures that were the movies that were nominated? Yeah, for there's picture? a few. There's like um, Belfast. Oh, I want to see that. What what? Who's that? Just sounds boring to me. It's like know, Kenneth Branagh. Who's that? Um, he uh, he was a guy who did like some Shakespeare movies in like the um, in the nineties or something. And um, is it about Nightmare like, the Alley? Troubles? What is it about? Like the troubles. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. It just sounds boring. Um, yeah. And uh, what? What? Uh, I do don't look up. Rally. Your favorite? The movie sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. You hated that, right? It was just so. It was too obvious. The metaphor yeah, was no, too obvious. Yeah, no, we talked obvious. about it. Yeah. What? Yeah, just the metaphor um, was too obvious. Nightmare Alley. Did you see that? No, I want to though. It's not horror, right? I don't like the term nightmare, bro. Can we name it something else, guys? Um, it's it's not really horror. It's more like um, I don't know what it would be like film noir or something. Oh, okay, I like that. But it's not good. Oh, you watched it? It's not good. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. I mean, it was okay. It was just like all right, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like the Oscars. Like, I, I may, we. I think we might talk this about you to you about this. How like. I don't really know what they are anymore. You know, I was on. I was. Did I, have I told you? So I was on. I was on the Oscars. Yeah, when you were a kid, you danced. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, wait, I'm yeah. pulling up the Best Picture nominees. 2002. I was trying to. Nightmare Alley. Don't look up. Dune. Drive my. I want to see Drive My Car. What's that about? I have no idea. I think it's like a Korean movie. Oh yeah, I want to. Oh, I know what it is. It's like a, it's kind of like Driving Miss Daisy or something. And then I want to see um, Licorice Pizza. I saw that. That that's good. That should win, but I don't think it will. Yeah, Paul Thomas I Anderson. Th- I yeah, I thought thing. it was really good. Um, and then, um, what's Coda about? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Like, I, I, I keep hearing about it, but like, I he- keep hearing the name, but I have no fucking clue what it is. Do you? Um, are we try to like watch all the Best Picture nominees before the Oscars, and then the day comes, and I'm like, oh, I've only watched like three of these. God damn well, it. I think now it's like harder because it's like they all just you, like. I feel like when the Oscars would come around, usually the movies were like big and known and you wanted to see them. But now it's like there's four movies that like I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I've never fucking heard of that. Um, yeah. So I'm like, like I don't King want to Richard. Go... Dude, I'm not watching King Richard. Is that you know what Shakespeare that is? Thing? No, no, it's um, it's Will Smith fucking like the Williams sisters dad. Oh, oh, I do not watch that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but it was way off they called it king richard i don't know why they did that to make it sound like a more grand movie with more gravitas i think like 
you know, like, cause it's, it's just about like the Williams sisters, dad, like, you know, yelling, yelling at them to play tennis. That's a- <laughs> um, but <laughs> what a description of a movie. <laughs> yeah this guy no, but, just yells at these girls and then uh then it's like, well i think that's kind of what it is you know like i, I remember growing, when i was when they were younger and they're first coming coming out the williams sisters like it was kind of painted as like well i don't know I, I guess the story was that his da- their dad pushed them really hard but it was supposed to be, he was like a really tough dad and he would like scream at them and stuff to like you know push them to be to be good which he did um but now i guess it's being portrayed in a positive way i mean i I guess you know it's positive because it worked out but i'm sure he like yelled at them a lot you know yeah like i I assume it's not as bad as michael jackson's father was to the those kids but no what didn't michael jackson didn't his dad beat them all up or something i think so cool it's like what's that line (laughs) what's that line between it only worked for like two of them I guess if you hit enough of them, like some of them are going to make it. <laughs> just go for two out of five. That's decent odds. That's Hall of Fame. Numbers. I do feel like that's what a lot of people do. A lot of parents is they just have a bunch of kids and just kind of throw, see what sticks against the wall. You know, like one of these will hit. It's kind of like bu- get buying a bunch of lottery tickets. <laughs> Three um, of my kids are duds. But like he pushed all of them in the showbiz. Um, and there were like six of them. And I think he like or seven of them, like beat them all. I mean, I think he like beat them, and you know, Michael and Latoya were the or not Latoya, uh, Janet were the big ones. But you know, Michael was like crazy, and but they, I don't know what happened to the other ones. Like Marlon, do you know what? <laughs> no. How, what kind of father do you think you would be? Would you be a disciplinarian? Would you be? Li- I bet you'd be like a cool dad. You're like the liberal dad. Like you can smoke weed once you turn fourteen, dude. It's chill. No, no way. I don't Fuck think you, I am. Fuck you, Dad. When I say you can smoke weed at fourteen, I think like you know, I don't know. I think you know, I, I had nieces and nephews, and I, I think I was like pretty good being around them. Yeah. I don't know, like, um, it's got to be tough because I mean, I understand like being the, the I'm, I'm the uncle too, like doing that and swooping in and having a couple of fun days, but like the day in day out grind, getting them up. No, I know. Do you not want to have kid? Do you Fuck. not want to have a kid ever? I don't know, man. Maybe. Maybe one, but I don't know. Maybe not. I I think about that (laughs) recently and like I go in and out of it. Like sometimes I think I'm too selfish and like I don't know that I have the energy completely to give to because I feel like that happens. I mean, my fucking parents had three kids. It's fucking crazy. That's so many kids. I feel like I'm tired and like can't get anything done with no kids you know what i mean i know like, dude i don't have time for my life as it is so it's like i, I do you, i think maybe what happened is like my parents generation like they just were told to have kids and they you know they would have a lot of because i feel like people are having less kids now you know what i mean like because i think people are like i don't want to go through that i can't do that like having that many kids like my parents did so also i feel like the cost of living back then is like you could have kids and like live. Now I feel like it's like you, you can't live with, without kids. You know what I mean? So I don't know how people live in, you know, cause when I was growing up here, I think it was like the city was way different. It was like, you could live here and um, with kids and like, you know, maybe not be a millionaire, but now I feel like it's like to have kids here. It's like you have to be a millionaire or something. Especially in Manhattan. Right. And then you got to try to compete to get them into a good school. 
Yeah. Do you know anyone who has kids here? Yeah. You, you must. Yeah. What Ricky, do they say about it? Ricky Velez. He loves it. Yeah, but his kids but, really like. But, didn't he just have it? it? Yeah, yeah. He has it like one son. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure, but it's like he he's pretty new into it still. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. I was talking to Johnny McDonald last night at comic up at Comic Ship Live, and he was telling me that he has one kid, and he's like, <laughs> "That's all I can do in the city, man. Is one kid. It's just too expensive." I know. Jeez, man. Like, does he? What does he say about it? He loves it, but he's like, "That's that's it. I can't afford more than one." That's beautiful. Is that he should put that in a card? <laughs> I love you, son. I can't afford. That's it, man. Any more of you. I can't afford anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think back to like when I was a kid, and like you know, I mean, I must have been so annoying. You know, just thinking back now, being my age now, like how I was as a kid. You know, the, my parents must have been so tired all the time, and and I, you know, they and they didn't always seem mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm thinking it had less to do with me, but just more to do with life. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I mean, the problem is like when you're a kid, you think you take everything personally. You think it's all about you, but a lot of it, it has nothing to do with you. It's just, they're miserable. Um, you have two siblings. Yeah. I have two older sisters. Yeah. So, okay. And I do feel like I was, I, I I kind of got a vibe that I was like a burden a little bit. I think that's where a lot of, that's probably why I do, st- I ended up doing stand up. Like I, th- cause I always felt like I, like there was something I had to like prove, you know what I mean? Like. You felt like you like, were a burden just dragging them down and you wanted to say, Hey, look, I have value. Um, Like a burden in terms of like not dragging them down, but like, Oh, this is annoying to that that I have that they're like having to do this for me. Um, and I don't, and I don't know if that's, you know, maybe it's my own thing or I'm, I'm sure kids are usually pretty good at picking up on like the mood of a, of a household. They say like kids are especially really tuned into that. So uh, yeah. the aesthetic of the family. So, and I was the youngest, they say, and they say the youngest. Actually, usually comedian. Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest of four. Oh, what was that like? Uh, it was a lot of responsibility, really. Just like watching, you know, taking care of kind of last. That seems kids really sometimes. hard. That sounds re- that sounds like the, the hardest because my sister, my oldest sister, seemed like she was the one that had a lot of like. She always had to look out and be the responsible one. Like, and I do feel like they kind of pinned all their like hopes on her. You know, she was like, like I said before, like throwing them against a wall and hoping one sticks. I think she was kind of, they put a lot into her. And then I think by the time they got to me, I think they were just tired. Right. They're just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Just go and. Did just you go feel like outside. they didn't pay enough as much attention to you as you would have liked because they were tired? Yeah, I guess I do. I just feel like I was always in trouble a lot. You know, like they were always like mad at me. More so than your scissors? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Huh. I feel like I was, you know, they, they would get mad at me about, I think I've talked about this on here too. Like TV was a thing, you know, like I would watch TV a lot and they would always get, I'd always get in trouble for watching TV. They always like yell at me. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, this, 
you, you're the you bought the thing. <laughs> you're like, what are also what other no, entertainment like, options do I have? What? No, it's like, but they acted like I had. It was my idea to have a TV. You know what I mean? It was like you guys bought this before I was even around, and you fucking like raised me on it. Like, yeah, I'm I'm addicted to it now. So like. <laughs> Don't act like this was all my like they acted like I had invented TV and like brought one into the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, you showed it to me, dude. Well, I don't know. They're like, like oh it. my god, you watch so much TV. I'm like, right, this is what you I've been ever since my brain was forming, this is what you put me in front of. Yeah. And then and, and I and then it's like I got news for you. That's all you do <laughs> is watch TV. So Dude, can I, I? One thing I watched on the news tonight, like, I mean, I know that, like, ostensibly, this is like a, you know, a beautiful, heartwarming story. Not beautiful, but a heartwarming story. So, this woman was on America's Got Talent, which I'm pretty sure that NBC carries. So, then on NBC Nightly News, their, like, last piece of the, of the news is always, like, this, you know, heartwarming, uplifting story. So, yeah. they show this woman singing. I hadn't seen her before. And she's, like, clearly is, like, kind of wasting away of cancer, I guess. And then she died on Monday. So they did this piece, like this heartwarming tribute because she had this beautiful song and Simon Cowell was tearing up. And it's like, it's like, it's nice that they did that piece, but it also feels somewhat exploitative. It's like, oh, look, this woman died and she was on our TV show that our network owns. And that's, a, it's also like a promo of the show, a free yeah, promo totally. of the show. And then it's like, oh, well, oh, good. This woman's death got us 90 seconds of content. Yeah, it's kind of like... um that whole show and all those things are really exploitive because that they really get into, you know, pumping up people's sad sob stories. Like it's not really only just about your talent. It's like, well, how sad is your story behind it? Yeah. What did she, how old was she? 31. What did she, what did she sing? Do you remember the song she sang? Um, no, she's definitely had a beautiful voice. I don't, did I don't she know. Um, go on to like do well on the show? I, I think she didn't. I think her health started to deteriorate and then she didn't go that far because of that. But I, I, I don't really remember. It was, only, it was like, yeah, it's so weird. Like when you like, I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I mean, it's nice. You don't want to be it, cynical. But about there's also it, like but... this other side of it. Like, yeah, it's like, come on. Did, did they, did they highlight uh, a woman that died on a competing networks TV show? No. Yeah, when it comes down to it, it all it's it's all about like they're not doing it to do the right thing. They're doing it because it'll help their brand and the show. And that show especially is very about like your story. It's like a you know, like the Oscars is all about that. Like, you know, like the Oscars, they're always like, um, well, this guy had a really sad story. So like we're like I remember Jamie Foxx won and like one year and like he thanked his grandmother who had died and afterwards they were interviewing people like Oprah was like, Oh man, like, you know, I'm so glad he won. Cause you know, she did say this, she goes, you know, you can't beat a dead grandmother. Like that's what she basically saying that he, that's, it was good that he won, you know? And it was like, well, I mean, this isn't a dead grandmother contest. <laughs> so like, but it's like, so Leonardo DiCaprio should be penalized like it has nothing to do with your performance. It's like, but it's like, yeah, you know, when I, when things like that, it's like, but when you break it down, everything, it's all showbiz, it's all entertainment. They're everything they're doing is putting on a show. So like, they're not really going to have like a fair contest. And it's like, 
well, they need something to like drudge people's emotions up and get them interested in it because it is a show. Even the even the award show is a show. So when you think about it and like that's a big thing. You know, I grew up on like watching TV and stuff. So I saw that stuff from you know, I didn't see the behind the scenes. And then when you're kind of like see it on the other side, it's a little bit like, oh, it's it, at the end of the day, it's a biz they really are trying to you know, manipulate people's emotions to get them interested in this. So it's all entertainment. None of it's really real, which I think was kind of one of the things that was disheartening when I kind of, I knew nothing about showbiz. And then when like I saw from behind, behind the scenes a little bit, it was a little like, oh, it's really shitty. Like on the other side, there's a lot of shitty people. Like I remember when I was, this is a good story. Cause mm-hmm. like when I was on the Oscars, I remember like, you know, I had only seen TV, you know, on I'd watched things on TV and it was like, and then I was behind the scenes, like I was backstage at the Oscars and it looked so weird backstage because it just didn't look like this like glamorous, like cool, magical thing. I was seeing like the the set pieces that were moving on TV. I saw these like like grimy, shitty dudes, like Teamster guys, like pushing the equipment. They were like these surly ass. And I remember they like, a couple of them were kind of like saying shitty things to us. Like we were like 10 or 11 years old and they were like, like insulting us. And I remember being like, wow, this is like weird. Like this is, <laughs> but it was kind of a good lesson. Like behind the scenes, it's not at all what it, what it looks like. Yeah. What well, wait, what kind of shitty things are they saying to you? They're being mean. I mean, like, like your appearance. Yeah. I think one of them was like, oh, what are you guys like refugees or something? Like, I remember specifically because, but it was weird because they were like grown men and they were like yelling things. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like harassing tenure. I mean, I'm sure they were just kind of these <laughs> gruff dudes, but it was like weird. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. I guess that was, that was like a big takeaway from that scene. It was because it was like being behind the scenes of like one of the biggest showbiz moments in the world. And when you when I saw that young backstage, like like I was near, I would see celebrities up close that I knew from TV, and they all they looked weird, they looked different up close. So it was like, ah, oh, what is this, dude? You know what this is? You just reminded me of this is a memory like deep from my memory bank that I haven't thought of in a long time. When I was in like third or fourth grade, I was on this like local Christian kids game show. <laughs> And me and this girl, Kim, we sat in these like fake cars and you had to like hit the horn to like buzz in and answer like Bible trivia questions. Oh, really? And, and, yeah. And I had the tape of it. I probably still do somewhere. And just like I watched it back and it was like, you know, I mean, it was obviously this local kids show it wasn't like the most amazing production, but being on the set and seeing how like rinky dink everything seemed versus like what it looks like when it's on the camera it was kind of remind me of that same thing. And how old were you? Probably like 10 or 11. Yeah, so like, and then oh yeah, we kept we kept uh fucking around. Like you're sitting in this car and you have to hit the horn to buzz in to answer. But then we would hit the horn to buzz in when it wasn't our turn to answer, and they were like, "Stop doing that! We're doing a TV show." I just remember having so much fun being like, oh, "I did it again." God, you guys are so mischievous. Yeah, we're such bad. You kids. little devils. You um, bad Christian kids. How did you? How did you get on that? I think uh, because my school was aligned to the did church. Did you lose a contest? I think I did pretty well, actually. Okay. <laughs> I no, don't know. no. I, I did... said, did you get on it because you lost a contest? Uh, <laughs> that was the. That's the punishment. Um, yeah, like, but even yeah, like that. I, and I always had that whenever I was around, like a set or something or a TV thing. It was always like, oh wow, this looks nothing like I thought it would look like. It just looks. It always looked so underwhelming, you know. 
Yeah. Which always kind of like, I remember do like when I did some TV stuff, I was like, this is so weird. Like it just, it just doesn't not at all what I thought it would be. Um, this might not be a fair segue, but this, <laughs> what that reminds me of a little bit is I watched, um, I have like a bunch of old, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, uh, taped my DVR. And I rewatched for some reason. I just picked this one. I watched the gang goes to the grand Canyon. I think it's season five, episode two. I want to say, dude, that is one of the funniest 30 minutes of TV I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm so glad I watched it again. I laughed out loud probably 25 times. And Sonny goes against that archetype of like, everything's beautiful in Hollywood and showbiz. Like 20, I don't know, 40% of that show is them in the back of an empty U-Haul with like, you know, they're always in these like grimy locations, like oil stains in the wall. And like, there's... Yeah, you know, yeah. They're usually indoors. Soiled mattresses. Yeah. It's like, it goes against the glitz and glamour you know and, i've like, no, i've only seen that Hollywood. show like four times really dude you would like it it's really well written it's I, so yeah funny. it's weird i like it but like i for some reason i just never really got into it regularly it i i do like it and it's um it's weird it's one of those shows i feel like i should i i always just kind of lose track of watching it um but yeah that's that's uh i'm trying to think of something else that that was the that kind of captures that there's just a lot of i don't know like the wizard but of yeah. Oz, like the man behind the curtain. No, like, um, but yeah, I think that's always been my thing with, with showbiz. It always kind of was like uh, a bummer when you see it when you're around the other side of it. I know. And like, it doesn't end well for a lot of people, you know? Like, Robin Williams is one of the biggest stars on the planet, and then he just hangs himself. I know he had mental health problems, but like, this image of what it's supposed to be often doesn't align with the reality either behind the scenes or in the stars' lives. Yeah, and there's got to be something because do you remember like Dave? Ch- all right, so remember like Chappelle when he had his big thing where he, I mean, people called it a meltdown, but it actually seemed like he just was having some issues and he just kind of set, he kind of like backed away from the public, from the spotlight. Do you remember that? Like, when he went to Africa, Africa after thing? Chappelle show? Yeah, and he would yeah. say in interviews over and over that he was like, like the fame and the money was having like an effect on him and that it felt really weird and alienating because he was now in this position that not a lot of people have been in. So he didn't have any other people he could really relate to. You know what I mean? There were only like 20 people in the world in his position. And so he even kind of said it was a really like unhealthy, toxic environment, which is why he stepped away from it. So Mm. You look at like Kanye West. I mean, I don't know, man. Like what, you know, it seems like the same exact thing. So I think what happened with him was watching that documentary before he made it. He was really driven and he was really talented and he knew he had a lot of talent and he like just knew he was going to do great things. And he had a, an, you know, a, an ego. I think if you sprinkle in like the, this huge fame and being at that level, like I think it was this perfect storm of like, how do you keep your mind? You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, I think he just slowly lost it and it's hard to keep it to stay grounded when you're surrounded by sycophants, Donald Trump, like Donald Trump is your, Uh, like one of your closest, like confidants, (laughs) like who's also like a huge narcissist, you know, ego driven person who's just kind of has no perception of reality. And, you know, just thinking of those two personalities, like in a room, like, yeah, everyone's so dumb. We're, we're the greatest. We're the smartest people in the world. Cause I really feel like that there's a God complex that is hard to get out of. Cause you, everyone is telling you you're the, you're the greatest. Um, yeah. You're an enterprise. 
And then if something like you were saying before, something goes wrong, you don't know how to deal with it because you don't have the skills to be, you haven't had to navigate that way in life. You know what I mean? Like where things go wrong, like with women. So like with Kim Kardashian, it's like, she's leaving him and he's just kind of like, what, what the fuck? he doesn't know how to like deal with that. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. I just, I just scream at her. Right. That doesn't jive with the self-contained reality. <laughs> I'm just, just, you just beg her to come back in every concert. Right. It's like, no, no, I gonna work, <laughs> don't pal. like that. That's a little needy. And no one in his camp is like, Hey dude, don't do that. They're probably like, yeah, great. My great idea. Yeah. Right. You should totally tweet at her in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> that'll win her back right away I'll, go, I'll be in my guest house in the back um, yeah <laughs> make sure so, you don't fire me but um here's some bad advice on your dating life right right so like he's not it, it you know the rest of that series is coming out in the next couple weeks it's really interesting to see because he chronicles him later like what happens to him after he gets all the fame so that's kind of kind of be an interesting it's it's three know. parts and each one is like two hours long, right? Because I, I noticed yeah. the first one was like an hour and a half or maybe longer. Yeah, it's like and three the first movies. Just, yeah, yeah. So and I think it's like chronic. The first one was clearly just a, before he made it. I think it ends with him getting. He's about to like record his first album or something. Um, I saw him playing Centennial Park in Atlanta, like in probably like two thousand and somewhere between two thousand and two thousand and eight, maybe like two thousand and five, when he was still like had a oh really Kanye's workout is like. <laughs> Da, na, 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 was he great? Na, na. I love that song. Kanye's workout plan. Yeah, it was really what, great. What, yeah, he. Uh, I feel like he peaked into. I think that dark, twisted fantasy album was like was kind of his peak, and then he sort of has not been able to. He's been chasing it though, since then. Hmm. Um, but anyway, Should I got wrap I it up. Wrap now that we brought up. a full yeah. circle, yeah, bro. Yeah. Good chat. Good chat again. Tommy Caffrey seven two two on Instagram, everybody. Yeah, Danny Palmer show. That's right, Danny Palmer NYC. Oh, Danny Palmer NYC. All right, cool man. Thanks. Yeah, great, great chat, bro. um, Great week. That's uh, it. That's the end. That's the end, everybody. That's the wrap. At this point, you go to sleep. Different podcast. (laughs) Put your pants back on and go to sleep. Quit jerking off to our voices. We're so sick of it. Yeah, and stop snitching. Okay. Get stitches later, bro. Peace. All right, later, man. I'll talk to you.